Welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the horror Terrible podcast opening. of the Ruminations Radio Network. <laughs> I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. Today, we have joining me two of my special baby boys. First, E is for Ian, Ghost of Ian, the paranormal one, uh, Phantom Menace, some people call him. Ian, how you doing? How's the life? Just me. I'm the only one who calls me Phantom Menace. Um, I'm, I'm cool with it. <laughs> Of course I am, because I. Because you came up with it. I'm the one who did it. Um, how am I doing in life? You said. Yeah. yeah how's um, life going? Fucking busy, dude. Jesus, man. School and work, and like trying to juggle literally everything else, like a social life. It's uh, yeah, it's hard. Life's hard. But you know what? It's cool. Just chilling, you know. What have you been up to lately? Uh, not much. Been watching um some animes. Been reading some mangas. Uh, been trying to get a couple movies in when I can. Um, that's about it. I guess the only wreck I have is um, the Long Kiss Goodnight, which is like a Walmart brand uh, fugitive. It's not Walmart was, um... <laughs> No, I, I give it a lot of credit um, because it was like the first to do the whole uh, female um, espionage uh, kind of genre thing, which was really cool to see. Um, and especially Gina Davis, who I had a big crush on. Uh, Gina Davis this. is a babe. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Look at their own Stuart Little. Absolute milf. Um, but yeah, she's a really great actress, too. And um, I really liked the movie quite a bit. Doesn't hold a candle to The Fugitive. Not even close. Um, no, not even it's, close. It's enjoyable. It's really good. Cool. Um, what's going on in your social life? Because I know that you used to be like kind of uh, <laughs> that a caught hermit, me off guard a we little bit. We got a lot of, of a, uh, shorts. We got to go over, Kyle. <laughs> you used to not have too many friends either. You used to be kind of like a recluse, and uh, so now, and now, now like, how is that? Like, so, so you're, you're getting into. I've known Ian for a while now. So now you're getting into your early twenties, mid twenties, almost late twenties. I, I lied. You're not early twenties anymore. I've just known you for so long. I still think of you in your early twenties. Yeah. Um, you knew me before I was. You knew you knew me when I was nineteen. A teenager, it's true. It's true. And you kept telling me to grow up, um, so I so we could drink together. So yeah, and then I, you, you know, um, but being in your mid, going into late twenties now, what do you find is the most difficult change socially than you had when you were in your late teens, early twenties? Um, it's a lot easier to make friends because I just don't care anymore um in a way like i'm just pretty open to almost everyone i'm I'm pretty friendly at work and i have a bunch of groups there and i kind of just um i realized that um if i'm gonna spend like 40 hours at work uh, i'm practically at work more than i'm like have off time at, at my house so uh, i i'll just make it uh, worth going to you know i'll make friends and i hang out with my friends outside of work so um it's um, yeah, I, easier. It, it's it's that classic saying like when you're at work, like I tell my coworkers, I'm like, dude, I'm with you guys more than I'm with my friends and family. Yeah. So like we might as well like try to like each other. <laughs> so um yeah, no, I get that. Okay. Um the older you get, at least for me, I could relate, it you definitely like start to just go with the motions and stop like fighting back against everything yeah. as much. Um so that's cool. I'm glad you're doing good. Brendan, Mr. Fantastic, just back from fighting Dr. Doom himself. How are you doing, Brendan Jesus? I am good. Thank you for asking. What's been going on in your life? Uh, How was your weekend? I know that you just had a special someone over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been playing uh, God of War Ragnarok, as well as uh, we've been peppering in some Not For Broadcast uh, now that Not For Broadcast is finally fully updated, um, you can actually complete the game. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to... I bought it, what, a month ago, and it's been so buggy, it's been unable to be completed. Uh, loving God of War Ragnarok, super fun. Um, not not very hard. I thought it was going to be a little harder. It's not. Um, no, that game's pretty easy, actually. Yeah, but yeah. good game, good game. Uh, the one interesting thing that I have had going on in my life is I got to go to my first ever press screening for Sisu, and it was bad fucking ass. Uh, that type of audience will ruin you from ever going to a theater audience again. It's it's such a completely different vibe. Um, it, it's almost like a film festival vibe. 
Um, so I, I loved it. And also, last thing, Saw Evil Dead Rise in theaters. Fucking great. Damn. Mm, yeah. I might see that today. I might. I was going to go yesterday, so but fun. I was too busy. But So fun. Cool. All right. Um, give me your like uh, quick uh, review of Evil Dead Rise. Evil Dead Rise. Uh, boomsticks. Chainsaws. Buckets of blood. Dead Before Dawn reference. Is that a movie? Like ripping out my earbuds. Um, Dead Before Dawn is what the 2003 PlayStation 2 Evil Dead game was called. Mm. Yeah, and I have a copy of that signed by Bruce Campbell and Ted Raimi because Ted Raimi plays um, his sidekick in the game. Super fun game. Terribly made, but super fun game. You got you... the game signed? Yeah. That's cool. Like like the 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 cover art. That's really cool. How I remember much... Sorry. No, go ahead. How many times have you interacted with Ted Raimi in your life, Brendan? Twice. And one of the times, as I've said before, and we're not blocking it, many, he got many, me many, fucking wasted when I was underage. Allegedly. 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 That's cool. I, I don't believe it. Um I got a video game signed by a, a famous person. I got a uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater One on PS One signed by Tony Hawk. So that was oh, cool. I, I I took a photo and I need to send it to you, Kyle. But um, I went to the record store yesterday for um, record store day, mm. um, and one of the vinyls that they had, I almost bought it. It was the Tony Hawk uh, Tony Hawk Underground Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two soundtrack. Oh, that's a um, banger! On dude. vinyl, it was a blue vinyl, and it oh, had, I would have bought it, it. It had every. It was one hundred twenty bucks, which is why I didn't. But it that's had deep. all that's the deep. good fucking tracks on it. I so hard not to buy it, but I have a photo. I need to send it to you, dude. Yeah, that would have been like I would have been debating in my head for a while. Like I'm just gonna whip out the credit card. I, on this I can one, eat ramen for a couple one. weeks. It's fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to hear you both are doing well. Life is treating you good. You guys seem healthy. Very happy about that. Uh, I have been going on a uh, Scream franchise rewatch, which is really fun, really cool. I haven't seen uh, three and four in quite a while. Three in a very long time. I haven't seen three since like high school, probably, which was 47 years ago. So uh, Scream 3, loved it. It was fun. I It's probably my second favorite in the franchise honestly i i love the cameos in that like it's got jane silent bob in it it's got carrie fisher in it it's got so many cool little cameos and like that movie is just really fun and the whole la setting they really just play with it and dude i love it i love it and i actually like the twist at the end the killer i i thought it was a little bit over the top but so is Hollywood, Brendan. <laughs> uh, how many lines of coke do you think Carrie Fisher had to do to get through one day of shooting that? At least oh three goodness. or four. At least three or four. Um, but, you know, teachers it's deserved. It's deserved. Yeah. Teachers also, don't. also rewatched Scream 4. Uh, liked it more than I did when I first watched it. Um, I feel like watching them back to back like this, you kind of have more of an appreciation for what he's trying to do with the sequelizations and mm -hmm. like, uh, playing with that um scream 2 still sucks but uh i am excited for scream 5 again i think i might even like it more than i did in theaters which i i didn't hate it it just it wasn't like amazing to me mm -hmm. but i'm excited to rewatch out which is also going to be probably today i, I feel like scream 4 was so because you know we waited what 10 years and it's so tonally different because like the mm. the first one obviously it's very serious but there's also that you know really tongue-in-cheek nature of it i feel like yeah. scream 4 kind of loses that cheekiness about it and kind of just goes at it as a horror film rather than almost you know a, a kind of a horror comedy yeah uh, i i agree with you it does get less uh there's less comedy elements for sure mm -hmm. um but I just think it's a cool idea. And I think Wes Craven might be the only one that that I could think of that might have made a um um a remake to his own franchise. <laughs> like he kind of like remade his own Twice. franchise with that. Twice. Yeah. 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 Twice. Because really... he, he also did um the Oh no, he didn't do uh, uh, Last Night, House right? on the Grave. 
Oh, wait, wait. <laughs> last, last house on, on the grave? grave? <laughs> last on the grave? I, Jesus Christ. No, but um, yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. Um, and I hate going to the movies now, so I, I hope that Evil Dead Rise is good. I'm looking forward to it. I might see it today, but I always talk myself out of going just because I get lazy. Um, but we'll see. But oh, I'm also looking at wedding venues, guys. Well, that you, means like location, where, right? Yeah, yeah, like where we're gonna have um, the wedding and shit like that. Is it going to be in Arizona, or are you going to move it to Cali? I think we're going to... I mean, I wouldn't go to Cali, but um, I would do it in Arizona. That's what we've been looking for anyway, but we're going to try to do it on Friday the 13th in October. So. Of this year? In October. Yeah, of this year. Nice. Yeah. So, we'll I'll, put my, I'll still... put my time off request in now. Oh, yeah. No, you're invited, Ian. I haven't decided yet, but um, we'll see. Um... <laughs> I could be the flower person. No, you both are invited. You there, both there's are invited. a strict no ghosts allowed policy. <laughs> no no <laughs> paranormal ones allowed. Today we are talking about a anthology film. We've covered the first film with uh, guest host Georgie and Ian in the past. Um, it was a good episode. You should go check it out if you want to uh, check out ABC's Death One. But today we're covering the 2014 film ABC's of Death Two. The budget was roughly 130000 and the way I calculated that is each filmmaker was given $5,000 to make their short film. So it was probably a little bit more than 130000 with like advertising and stuff like that, but that was just like the rough estimate based on what they allotted each director. Uh, it premiered in 17 theaters, making a total of only $4,000. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So... um. We know it's wow, not doesn't insane. have a great critical reception. Holy. Um, I still would like to see another ABCs of Death. I think this is a very fun idea. I have um, news I on that. I really, really like this idea, and I, I kind of wish they would make another one. Uh, well, there's a uh, oh no, ABCs of Death two and, two a, half and a half is like yeah. um, it's all the fan. it's all the because they they held a contest for the letter M in this okay. movie. In the top twenty six that didn't get into ABCs of Death two is in two point five. Oh, so does two point five have its own set of twenty six films? Um, it's only the letter M, just the letter M. So yeah. the best short of from all those made it into this one. Yeah, and that was Masticate, the one where the guys own basalts. Gotcha. Oh yeah, M for Masticate, runner up for sure. Spoilers. Um, so, uh, zombies, zombies. I love zombies. <coughs> I love zombies. Okay, so I think the way we're going to do this is I'm just going to give a rundown of each letter in the film, a brief description, and uh, maybe a little bit of facts about the directors. But first, Brendan, we have our first ever new segment Fear Facts, 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 Facts. So to so to give you guys a little um, uh, a little sneak peek at what I'm going to do, uh, I've got two things lined up for you. I wrote a little bit of an acrostic. It's half. A, it's a, it's an acrostic poem. It's also kind of half slam poetry. Um, and after that, I will follow up with my um, my facts about this film. So here we go. A film by 26 filmmakers. Buckets of blood to grace the screen. Chaos cascades for two straight hours. Dozens of talented vo of talented voices. Larry Fessenden, the name my favorite. Every short, a new chance of terror. From America to Japan, we cover a bevy of countries. Good, bad, and everywhere in between. These films range in quality and quantity. How do you feel about these shorts? I'm not going to spoil it yet. Just know it's not as good as the first one. Kills galore and even more. Light in substance, heavy on gore. Many filmmakers entered, only few will score. Never a dull tale, this film will bend. Only the strong will make it to the very end. People will die, people shall pass. Questions of some, we sure will ask. Reaping rewards, we've already basked. Short after short, this film is historical to... Uh, too many, some ask, a question rhetorical, universally panned, critically bad. Very much agree, 
the fun I have had. What are your thoughts? Xenial, Yuzu, Zanzibar. I couldn't think of an X, Y, or Z for that one. Um, so that's my little, uh, my little ABCs of death poem. Uh, <laughs> at this for fear facts. Uh, ABC's Death 2 was a highly anticipated film for me in college. I was following Magnet very heavily, and I was so excited when this came out. Um, ABC's of Death was created by the spectacular Ant Thompson, who was a producer on such films as Deathgasm, Turbo Kid, Censor, which I really liked, and he was the writer-director of the one and only film, Come to Daddy, which... I didn't know that fact. I thought that was cool. Uh, and it was also uh, created by uh, Tim League, who is, and this is absolutely insane, he's the co-founder of such things as Mondo, Neon Cinema, Fantastic Fest, and none other than the Alamo Drafthouse itself. Uh, this film has quite the legacy behind it, I would say. Um, these two genre-loving people would take their love of all facets of cinema by giving 26 directors $5,000 in, in full creative control to create this sequel to their very popular first film. From first-time filmmakers to genre legends, ABCs of Death 2 is a melting pot of horror, of horror lovers from all around the globe. Uh, some of the filmmakers include t uh, one of the two members of the Mighty Boosh, uh, Julian Barrett, uh, the Twisted Twins themselves, the Saska Sisters, uh, writer-director of the insane Israeli film Big Bad Wolves, uh, Navit Papa Papu Shadu, I think I mispronounced that, sorry, um, Academy Award nominee Bill Plimpton, uh, the creator of Cube itself, Vincenzo Natale, and my personal hero. Larry Fessenden. Due to illegal pirating of the second film, Ian, uh, this film was not able to succeed financially, and therefore there is a third ABCs of Death in the works, but it is still in development hell, and it has been for five years. Um, so when, if that will come, that's still up in the air. Unlike the first film, a contest went along with this film uh, for the letter M. Anyone could submit a short film, uh, with the winner having their film which happened to be Masticate, um, included in ABCs of Death 2. Um, a semi-sequel would come out two years later, ABCs of Death 2.5. I know we just covered this. I probably shouldn't recover it. Um, featuring 26 shorts from the contestants that almost made it into the film itself, all with the letter A. We are talking ABCs of Death 2. A is for fucking awesome. All right, boys. Well, let's get right into it. So I think what we'll do is, um, as we're going down the list, uh, just go ahead and shout out um, which is in your top three. Um, they don't have to be in any specific order. Mine aren't. I didn't rank them one to three, but you can if you'd like. And then um, you can also put the three you like the least um, for any particular reason. Also, it doesn't have to be ranked. Uh, let's get right into it. You guys ready? Absolutely. C, whatever. C, A is for amateur, whatever. directed by E.L. Katz. Evan Luis Katz is an American film director, producer, and screenwriter. He's best known for his directorial debut, Cheap Thrills, 2013. Fucking awesome. Now, this is about an assassin who's hired to kill a notorious drug dealer. The assassin makes it to the building, crawls through the air vents, and kills his target. This, however, turns out to be a fantasy, and when he gets to the air vents, they are realistically small, dirty, and covered with sharp objects. The assassin gets stuck and bleeds to death. Three weeks later, the smell of rotting flesh leads the drug dealers leads to the drug dealers departments um and then he falls from the air vents causing his gun to go off and kill his target what do you guys think this so i rated all of these so i will give my rating okay. for every single one of these um, i give this a, a six out of ten cool. which doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean i didn't like it uh, i thought it was actually pretty funny i liked i liked the dark humor side of it um but that's really about it. I feel like um, it could have had a little more humor to really drive it home. But uh, no, I think it's 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 nice and short and sweet. And um, yeah, I give it a D. I really like El Cats, and what I appreciate about Amateur is that it feels a lot tonally different from his other stuff. Uh, so I, I really enjoy it. I like the concept. I like the execution. If I had to give it a rating, I'd say a seven out of ten. That's solid. You're going to hear me say this a lot throughout this um, episode, but I think um, A for amateur, I think 
playing off the word amateur, this was a very creative kind of short. I mm-hmm. think it was pretty funny as well. And uh, I just like the directing style of this of this short. I think it's it's it looks really good. And uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It did not make my list, though, of uh, favorites or honorable mentions. No, me neither. It was a uh, it was a solid opener, though, I, I would say. You know, I agree. I agree. So we'll move on to B is for Badger, directed by Julian Barrett. Julian Barrett is a British film and television actor, comedian, musician, and music producer, best known for playing Howard Moon in the cult comedy The Mighty Boosh. Um, The first found footage short, Peter Tolan, a rude, narcissistic, wildlife documentary director, constantly berates his crew as he tries to report on the local badgers that have presumably been killed off by waste from a nearby power plant. This is like a Walmart brand uh, Ratma segment. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it felt like to me. Uh, I did like the gore at the end. I thought that was probably the best from this short. Um, but the acting was like kind of dumb. And uh, I wish it pulled him into the um, hole a little quicker. It, it kind of looked very awkward when he got like sucked into the hole. Um, but uh, I give this a, a 6 out of 10. No uh, enjoyable. I like how this is uh, the second one. The second, f- this is the first of two shorts in this film that will have a um con- uh, a oneer in it. Uh, the other one is the one with the guys on the island. But I love how there's kind of this one take yeah, feeling sure. to it, so that it does just feel like it was pulled off an SD card when they yes. were, you know, unloading their dailies. So I really like that that almost that realistic aspect of it. And I think that it's short, it's sweet, it gives us the gore and it's out. Um it doesn't overstay its welcome and it's I would six. Yeah, I'd give it a six. I like the segments that are short and sweet. Um I put uh, in parentheses, Christian Bell for this one because it just reminded me of that whole interaction. Um, if you know, you know. But uh, yeah, this was uh, fun. I kind of wish it showed the badger. Like, yes, you get a little bit like a. That's what it was missing. Like a practical effect of the badger. That would have been cool. But um, yeah, this one was good. It didn't make it on my list of favorites. C is for Capital Punishment, directed by Julian Gilby. Julian Kilby is a British film director editor, screenwriter, actor, cinematographer, makeup artist, and costume designer. Best known for his segment in this film, ABCs of Death 2. This is, I'll start, uh, because this is one of my three favorites, and this is also the one that I would like to see um, made into a feature. We got our first feature. I love the whole, I love small town films like uh, Population 432. Like the idea of these small towns, while they are still governed by our law or I guess British law, um, they kind of take justice into their own hands. So I think it would have been cool as a feature. It would be cool to see, you know, the first 20 minutes of this guy moves to this new small town and then he's somehow implicated in this girl's disappearance because he's the new guy in town. And then it kind of follows the like the small town justice of them torturing him day in, day out. And then towards the end, he's finally like, fuck it, I did it. And then right as they kill him, obviously, we find out that the girl's alive. I think that this could be an excellent feature film. It's funny. I knew this was going to be in your top three because this <laughs> is not in my bottom three, but I did give it a four out of ten. Um, it doesn't really have a good like uh, uh, a plot twist. He just didn't kill the girl. And then they just, you know, it's just it's very straightforward. I mean, we, we've seen this kind of uh, movie several times. So I, I don't know. To, if you like that genre, I, I totally get it. But uh, no, this one just didn't do anything for me. I did like how they were they kept hacking at his head mm-hmm. and not just like a clean shop. That was, that was and the crazy. one guy says Jesus Christ, and the the pastor's like, "Whoa, okay, guys, come on, yeah. let's chill out." Like that's where the line was drawn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I did like the practical effects a lot. Um, they didn't cut away, which was really cool. Um, this gave me like kill list vibes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I thought um, it was directed by Ben Wheatley. Actually, I had yeah, to, yeah. Yeah, it definitely had that look. Um, Ian, did this make your bottom list? It did not. Oh, it is okay. not one of my t- my bottom three. Got you. Well, um, cool feature choice, Brendan. Um, I dig it. We're going to move on to D is for DeLouse, directed by Robert Morgan. Robert Morgan 
He is a director and writer known for ABCs of Death 2 and The Cat with Hands. Sorry, I made some typos. And The Cat with Hands, 2001. Um, D for Delouse. Uh, it's a stop motion animated short. A man is being held prisoner in a chamber strapped to a table. A trio of loused, covered, fleshy ghouls enter the room and kill the man. Use a needle-tipped vacuum-like tube. As they leave, one of the ghouls swats and crushes a louse, and from its remains, a giant louse soon emerges. If you've seen the movie, you get it. <laughs> it's hard to, it's you hard get it. You're listening, <laughs> you're listening to Steph, so I'm hoping you've seen the film. Um, how do you guys feel about this short? I'll go first, because Brendan's going to shit on it. Um, this is my number one. It is a 10 out of 10 uh, for me. I love stop motion. Uh, it's my favorite type of art form. Uh, this is so weird and disturbing and the graphics are gross and the lighting is actually really cool in this one too. It's got a lot of um, uh, reds and blues and like cutoffs and in, in, uh, in the for the screen. It's uh, it's a really good one. I didn't understand it, but uh, I loved it. I loved every single second of it. Even the score. I loved. Uh, yeah, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. I conversely am not a fan of stop motion. Something about it just makes me feel awful inside. I can't watch it. Um, I've come across a couple short films by this guy in film festivals that I've covered. And every single time I'm like, fuck, I, I have to write something about it. And I just, I don't like this art style. I know it's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. It's an amazing art form. I just don't like it. And I can't stand Deloused. This is not my my least favorite but this is 23 no it's 24 i'm sorry cuz this is at the top of my at my least favorite 3 i thought this looked really cool this was actually in my um honorable mentions uh more specifically not honorable mentions in top 3 but honorable mentions as a feature but it's not my feature i think this would be really cool as maybe like an hour hour 10 hour 20 um feature film i want to know more of what's going on and i do think the um the animation is super impressive i agree with ian the colors look really really cool the transition of going in between that inner mm -hmm. monster thing was really interesting and uh yeah i, I just thought it was it, like it kept my like i don't think i blinked the entire time um i just thought it was really really cool looking I also want to say it looked a lot similar to um, the um, Sober video by Tool. Mm, yeah, a little bit, actually. And, and I, I looked it up, and they're, they're not by the same person, I don't think. But um, the, the sound design is absolutely insane for yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Two, E is for equilibrium. I put in uh, parentheses, bros before hoes. Directed by Alejandro Bruges. Sorry if I mispronounced any of the names that we're going to cover today. Best known for Nightmare Cinema and One of the Dead. He directed both oh, of these. One of the uh, from Cuba, two castaways lead a dull life when one day a young woman washes up on the beach. Two take care of her and she brings them back to a civilized state with her falling in love with a younger castaway the older castaway soon grows jealous and sabotages their growing love what do you guys think um i give this one a five out of ten i think it's uh i think it's okay not much horror going on but um i i subtracted one point because it was called equilibrium and didn't include christian bale or gung fu so um that costs the, the short uh, point uh, for me. Uh, this one is fine. I don't have any problems with don't hate it, don't love it. Uh, I do like mm -hmm. the I do like the one the one shot in it though. I think it's very creative how how they were able to tell an entire story or, or an entire time lapse within one mm -hmm. one take. So I, I it's very impressive for for what it was. I was going to bring up the time lapse. I love when directors are able to show a progression of time without cutting i love that mm -hmm. i love that in films they just did it recent actually we just saw it in dead silence when the kid's running down the stairs but it's really the old man he's retelling himself as oh, a boy yeah. when he saw the thing uh the show of her mm -hmm. of mary shaw and uh, i love when directors do that and i think it's it's really impressive that being said this is in my least three um i think that the lack of horror elements is yeah. is 
kind of a problem for me and i just wasn't really interested in what was going on on screen um but it did have some cool takeaways like i said about the time lapse so this is one of my three least favorites moving on to f is for falling directed by aaron keshalis and navit papashado um, they are Israeli film director and screenwriter who grew up in Leesmore, best known for the 2021 Netflix film Gunpowder Milkshake. Um, it's, in, it's about an Israeli f- female paratrooper. Um, she wakes up stuck in a tree and is found by an Arab boy. The boy threatens to shoot her due to them being enemies, but the woman reasons to the boy to instead cut her down and take her to his commander. Um, some things ensue. Uh, he gets shot, falling from the tree, and she gets held responsible at the end. Uh, what do you guys think of this one? This is my number three on my least favorite. Um, the only thing I really like about it is the the practical bone breaking. Other than that, I can't really say too much on this one. Um, it was It was in the movie, and it wasn't a horror film, so that was cool. Um, knowing what the writers and directors of this film did with their 2013 film, Big Bad Wolves, which is one of Tarantino's favorite films, uh, this one gets my honorable mention for a feature because I think based on what they did in Big Bad Wolves, I would love to see, uh, how the relationship of this boy and this woman, you know, what, what trials they would have gone through. Um, if he didn't die while falling out of the tree, I think that would that'd be interesting for these two filmmakers to explore. I don't have much to say about this film. Um, it is in my three least favorite. Again, I just um, wasn't really into what was going on and the lack of horror elements again. I just don't think this one was very interesting or creative. But um, shout out to Brendan's honorable mention feature. The next is G for Granddad, directed by Jim Hosking, best known for his 2016 film, The Greasy Strangler, which is what they used to call me in high school. (laughs) From the United Kingdom, a rude young man who has been living with his grandfather for a year is exasperated by his grandfather's retro taste and lifestyle. They prepare for bed as the young man mocks his grandfather. However, the young man is horrified to learn that his grandfather lives under his bed and dresses just like him. He stabs his grandson in the neck before revealing that he it cuts off. Um, <laughs> I'll start. I am not absolutely loving it. I fucking hate this. I hate this. Talk I hate this so much. Talk this is me, my Brandon. least Talk favorite one. Funny. I I hate the greasy strangler. I hate everything about it. And even without knowing who made the gre- who made this short. It feels like the Greasy Strangler, and I hate this this man's style. I hate his ideas. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I, just, I hate everything, everything about this. Everything. Um, I gave this one... <laughs> I gave this one a 7 out of 10. Um, I quite enjoyed this one. I thought it was freaking hilarious. Um, and super weird. And like the, the facial expressions from the son or from the grandson was, it was uncalled for and unnecessary, but it was, it was just funny. It was, uh, it was, it was funny to look at. And, um, the twist of the granddad being in the bed just made no sense, but it was, it was just all, I don't know, just felt like a joke to me. No, in in not an offensive way or in in an offensive way. So the, this is my choice for feature film, and mm. this is also in my top three. Uh, I thought this was hilarious, and when he opens the blanket and there's the indentation of the grandpa's body where he sleeps, I thought that was really funny to me. But I would love to see this turn into a feature film where this guy just kills his grandson, uh, kills his grandson, and then just like slowly tries to like incorporate himself into all of his grandson's life with his friends, with his girlfriend, with his family, girlfriend, or whatever, and then dies here. And then like, just really commit to being that person. And everybody just goes along with it. (laughs) That, and I might watch that. I just think this was super creative. Um, 
they could have done anything with G, and I would not have expected for a horror film to go with Granddad. I just thought it was really funny and creative. Um, so this is in my top three and is also the one I'd like to see as a feature film. So we're going to move on to... Well, Brendan eight. has a... Oh. Just Brendan. a super quick question. So you're saying it's better than G for Gravity. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We are not going to give... We need to stop giving screen <laughs> time to that fucking short. It. The fact that you even mentioned it <sighs> is a problem. So we're going to move on to H's for Head Games, directed by Bill Plimpton. Bill Plimpton is an American animator, graphic designer, cartoonist, director, screenwriter, and producer, best known for his 1987 Academy Award-nominated animated short, Your Face, and his series of shorts, Guard Dog, Guide Dog, Hot Dog, and Horn Dog. <laughs> Uh, in this film, an animated short, a man and a woman kiss until their tongues, eyeballs, and other features become weapons blasting at each other. The short ends with both of their heads now containing big holes as the two collapse. Um, I'll go first. This is my number two for my least favorites. Um, good on whoever likes this art style. I am not a fan. Um, it looks like Yoshi's or uh, Yoshi's Yarn World. No, I just don't like it. I just don't like it. And there wasn't gore. It was like pink. It just, it just wasn't for me. Nice shout out to Yoshi's Yarn World, though. <laughs> yeah, Brennan. Um, I Ian, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. It didn't make my bottom three very close to my bottom three. And my issue with this is kind of like my issue with the Laust. Um, I can understand how much time and effort the art mm-hmm. style is, and it's a beautiful art style, even if it's viscerally like. I hate it. Um, I just, the, the art style is beautiful. I just don't really think that it, it stands out too much in this movie yeah. in a bad way. This like to Brennan's point is um, one of my, it's not in my least three, but it's like the honorable mention, like right outside of it. Not because I hated the art style. I thought the art style was actually kind of cool. It just did absolutely nothing for me. And I have no feelings towards it whatsoever. Um, so with that being said, we're going to move on to I is for Invincible, directed by Eric Matty. Eric Matty is a Filipino filmmaker. He is known for directing On the Job 2013, Honor Thy Father 2015, among many more, and co-founded the production company Reality Entertainment. Um, This is from the Philippines, and a family has the matriarch tied up to a chair as they stab, shoot, and poison her in an attempt to gain their inheritance. She offers a stone that she keeps in her mouth that curses her with invincibility, but the family refuses. Eventually, one of the inheritors sets her on fire as the family figures out how to split the inheritance. Ian, talk to me. Why me? Um, I give this one a 4 out of 10. It didn't really do anything for me. Uh, I know it's Asian, um, but I just, there's no real, like, reason for them to, I guess, get the inheritance or, like, they, they looked well off. I just, I don't know, it just didn't do anything for me. I didn't like the, the effects or anything, so 4 out of 10. That's what they get. The fact that they didn't call this eye for inheritance yes that was my main problem with it i was like automatically (laughs) seven stars off um yes yes that it pisses me off so much even re-watching it last night i was like oh this one's eye for i told lucy i was like this one's eye for inheritance eye for invincible okay fuck off (laughs) (laughs) who the fuck do you think you are yeah dom and i were trying to guess the words before they popped up on screen at the very end too and we inheritance like yeah. what and they're like i for invincible and i was like you fucking bucks <laughs> so yeah this didn't make my bottom three but um i just wasn't a fan of the concept and the word they chose to go with uh it was just okay to me but um i didn't hate it it was just fine um okay let's move on to j for jesus directed by Dennison Ramalho. He's best known for his short, this short in the ABCs of Dead 2, actually. Oh, there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't much on him. Uh, but Jay's for Jesus is from Brazil. It's about a young man who was kidnapped by Evangelist. I can never say that word. And a reverend for being gay after being hired by the man's father. They imply to the man that his lover was killed by them as they torture him to convert the young man. 
he sees them as horrific monsters. Um, Brennan, talk to me. Uh, I like the idea of it. Uh, and it had it had me up until the point where we see the spirit or demon of his lover. I, something about it feels very CG, even though I know it's not. And I just can't get past that visual distinction of of the main guy versus his dead lover. And it's just so like visually uncomfortable for me. So I'm not a not a fan like like the idea, though. This was my honorable mention for feature film. I think I would like to see this one as a full length film rather than a a short. I like angels and demons and that sort of thing. So this one uh, had some cool visuals and um, I liked the how the demons looked. They were kind of grotesque with the with the I don't know if there were horns all over their faces or what they had. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Some borals or boils, whatever they called. Um, but yeah, um, it was good. I give it a seven out of ten. Oh yeah, this was um, one of my honorable mentions for um, just being on my top three list. I I thought this visually looked really really cool. I like the concept. Um, I like the play for the word. Um, they could have gone so many different ways with Jesus, but um, I like how they took the approach of um, kind of the like the dark side of religion um, and that word, which makes sense in a horror film, but I just like the way they used it. And, um, uh, I actually liked the way the boyfriend looked in his form and, uh, how he kind of came in and just like fuck shit up. I thought it was really cool. And I like how they were crucifying him and he was turning into the actual, actual Jesus. Like he was, his hands had, uh, holes in them and his face was getting bloody. That was, uh, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Alrighty. Moving on to K is for Nell. I apologize in advance again if I uh, mispronounce any of these names, but directed by Christina Buziti and Bruno Samper. Uh, Christina is a Lithuanian film director, screenwriter, and editor. In her early films, she focused on women, explored their inner world, and depicted them using fantasy elements. Her last and so far best-known film, Vanishing Waves, is described as a hypnotic, sensual sci-fi experience and sexually explicit sci-fi tale, which was rewarded with 22 international awards in Europe and North America. Um, It's about a girl... Kay's Hernell is now about a girl painting her toes in her apartment when she notices that a black liquid sphere floats in the sky near the adjacent building. Suddenly, the people living in it go berserk, brutally fighting each other. The survivors then stare at her through her windows. She realizes that the strange black liquid is slowly taking over her building, and she cannot escape. Brennan. Uh... I for some reason I thought that this one was K is for kinetic. I cuz I kind of like that title better. Um this one is super dope. I love this one. It didn't it's it I guess I would give it an honorable mention. Um it tells you everything about the black liquid that it needs to tell you and that's it. Um there's no dialogue. It's just I I think it's super cool. I'm going to play off that real quick. This is in my top 3 favorite um, I love the visual style of this film. Um, I think she does an excellent job at portraying the brutality, but from like a third person perspective, seeing it from way in a distance from where she's at. And when they all turn and face her, it's such a menacing feeling um, of just like uh, she has nowhere to go and she's fucked. And it's only a matter of time before this thing takes her over. And it, it gave me like really like uncomfortable vibes, kind of like in 28 Days Later when he goes inside the church and he makes like a little noise mm-hmm. and then they all stand up and just like stare at him. Mm-hmm. It was very uncomfortable. And I just really fucking love the way this film looked. Yeah, this one's a three out of 10 for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> didn't really do anything for me. Um, I like the visual style in the beginning, but um, whatever Brendan did. Um, was way more entertaining than this film. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh Kyle, you missed that. I was doing he yeah. he was spitting too. You missed <laughs> I spat. He's I'm spat. switching between the screens so I didn't see it. Um <clears throat> so we're gonna move on to L is for Legacy, directed by Lancelot Odua Imaswoon. Sorry if I said that wrong. Um <clears throat> not really good with me. Nigerian. Uh, but he is a Nigerian director and film producer. Not much on this guy. 
Um, but basically, it's about a man who is tasked by his queen to sacrifice the prince so that a woman of their village can have more male children. He refuses and instead kills a rat and bathes in the sword, bathes in the sword's blood. In retaliation, the demon appears in the village and slaughters many of the people. Um, Ian, talk to me. All right, hear me out. Okay. Um, this is the only one that I have with a heart next to it. Um, I did give it a 5 out of 10. I did give it a 5 out of 10, though. Mm-hmm. But it does have a heart. And I, I wanted to put this as my feature film because I would 1,000% watch an, an hour and, and a half uh, version of this Um I love watching dumpster fires. It is probably one of my favorite things to do. And this had just enough to keep me interested. I was like, what are they doing? It's, it's so bad, but like, you know, I can't, I can't turn my head. Like it was just, it, it, it's hard to explain, but um, I really like this one. <laughs> I really like this one. I love how so far we have such opposite opinions and also, sometimes we agree because this is my runner-up for feature film. <laughs> oh. I love the way the monster looks. I think it's it's kind of like what you said. I couldn't like look away, and then like half the time I was watching with like like my mouth half open because I was like confused on what was happening, but also like really intrigued. And I was just like, "What is going on?" But I love the way it looked, and I wanted to see more. For some reason, I, I can't explain it either. I'm right there with you. Ian. Um, it didn't make my top three, but it did make my runner up for feature film. Brandon talks. Uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Nollywood, which is the, the Nigerian yes. Hollywood. Uh, in the mid 2010s, this guy was a very heavy hitter um, in the, the Nollywood scene. And while Ian, you said this film's a dumpster fire. It is. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I I think I would also give this one a heart because yes. the, the passion and the energy that these Nollywood filmmakers have, they're using very little. Um, they have this, they have, you know, very, you know, this early 2010s Nollywood, they had um very bad computers to edit on. And so just like the drive and passion that this is gonna sound so cheesy, that cinema can literally land anywhere and it can be made anywhere is so beautiful i think so this one ian i scoffed initially this one has to get a heart because there's just the the passion behind it is incredible so i know this this may be premature but i think we're just going to go ahead and give l for legacy the ruminations of red room official honorable mention of the film yep let's just do it let's Go, bro. This is the one that I wasn't exactly sure was going to be on anyone's list. And okay, I you're getting ahead uh, of yourself. M is for so Masticate, <laughs> directed <laughs> by Robert Buchek. I don't have any information on him, unfortunately. But um, it's from the United States. A man credited as himself is seen running <laughs> down the street in his underwear in slow motion. He shoves many civilians out of the way before attacking and biting the ear off of a bystander. Um, it turns out that he was, he's taken basalts. That's the twist. Um, Brandon, you go first on this. Uh, I like these recreations of true stories. Obviously yeah. there's a little bit more flair to this one than I think the real story. Actually, no, the real story is pretty fucking crazy, honestly. So, um, I, I just, I, it's so, it's fun. A guy, a, a fat guy, a sweaty fat guy running down the street with a huge piss stain on his tidy whities and then he eats someone's face. It's hysterical. Uh, this is one of my top three. Top three? Oh, it's in your top, top three. Three. Yeah. Okay. Holy guacamole. Um, yeah, I remember when this story first happened. I was in middle school and I, I remember hearing it on the uh, like kids uh, news network. Um, but I get to Wait, say- <laughs> the kids news network was talking about the guy who took basalt and yeah. And they also talked about like four loco overdoses and stuff like that. It was, Interesting. I don't know. It was, it was, uh, for mature kids, Kyle, um, five out of 10 though for this one. I like any, uh, music video esque type, mm-hmm. Um, film like when they play with the music in creative fun ways I thought this was just a fun interesting film I was right from the beginning I was thinking it was like a zombie-esque type film but when they did the basalts approach I thought that was clever and funny I do like the play on Masticate uh, 
it was good. It, it it did not make my top three or even an honorable mention, but um, it almost did. It almost made an honorable mention. I, I was actually looking at my notes incorrectly. This one got an honorable mention, not a star. So this is not in my top three, but it's close. Sorry. Cool. Wow, that was a long one. That was a doozy. What you just listened to was our ABCs of Death two part one episode thank you for joining us next week we're gonna have part two for your ear holes uh ian are you looking forward to your favorite one which is s (laughs) S. oh man i gotta look at my notes um yeah s is definitely my favorite one s for sexicles can't wait to go over that one um join us please Join us for this the, the last remaining numbers of alph- alphabets. Brennan, is part two better than part one, or should they just tune out now? I have a feeling part two is going to be a lot more substantial than part one. And also, you get to hear me talk about Larry Fessenden for like four straight minutes, so why would you want to miss that? And we didn't forget about your favorite game, What's in the Box. We'll see you next week, guys and gals. And-